It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Welcome to another Gangplank Report. You've heard Adrian and Jen talk about the most recent episode of this hit Bravo series. Now it's time to hear from you, the superfans. It's time for the bonus episode of the Gangplank Report. And here they are, Adrian Gang and Jennifer Bennington. Hey guys, welcome back to another special edition of Gangplank Report. We have another super fan interview with Rochelle Lewis, who is one of the writers for Monsters and Critics. I first became familiar with Monsters and Critics years ago, right after my season of Below Deck aired, and I became besties with your predecessor, Rochelle, Sandy Malone. We're very good friends and have gone on cruises, and she's an Ohio State fan. Go Buckeyes. And I was very excited to be able to connect with you, Rochelle, as well, not that long ago. So tell me how you got into this. So I spent years, around 10 to 15-ish years working in corporate America, actually selling commercials for AMC Network ah. for Walking Dead. Walking that. Dead. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> and it was very numbers orientated and that just really wasn't my calling. I always wanted to do something more creative. I loved writing. So while I was there and had that security of having that income, I started to kind of broaden my horizons with writing. And I always wanted to write about TV, movies, celebrities. Like, it's just, I love all that, anything entertainment stuff. Mm -hmm. So I built up my career doing that. And AMC about almost like four years ago now, I think maybe five years ago, they were doing some kind of voluntary buyouts for people. And I was one of the ones that got an offer. And I was like, well, this is great because this gives me more security to launch my writing career while actually having more time. So I took it and kind of never looked back and I have been at Monsters and Critics now for a little over two years. I kind of bounced around from a couple of different places in between there when I first started doing it full time, kind of trying to find where my fit was. And I was very fortunate to get hired on by them and it's a great team and lots of exciting stuff that we get to do. And it was actually through Monsters and Critics that I was introduced to Below Deck because I had never really watched it before and they wanted someone to cover it because Sandy had just left. And I was like, well, why not? And I literally binged. I think the first one I actually recovered was Below Deck season seven. So I binged everything up until that point. Right. Right before then. And I just became addicted and then have never looked back. And I'm so excited to be covering it. I think it's great and entertaining. And you do such a great job covering it too. Oh, thank you. I hope to, I like to cover it, you know, keep the positive on it and do good stuff and kind of report stuff that other people aren't doing. I like to see what cast is doing on Instagram and that kind of stuff, but there's just always so much good stuff because there's been so many people on the shows and even with the guests that you can just kind of always find something to write about with them. Yeah. And that's part of what I enjoy so much about you is the positive aspect of it. 
I was wondering, I've done some writing. I did blogging for a while. I've stopped right now because it's too hard to do both. But when you're writing, they always tell you to cover the who, what, when, where, why, and how. If you were narrowed down to one, what is it that draws you in about interviewing people? The who. The who. Mm-hmm, that's, yeah. I'm the how with the who. How the who became or got into what they're doing. So yeah, I love that. Because most people are why people. And why doesn't, it doesn't interest me. I don't know why, because I never think about the why. <laughs> but yeah. I do, the people draw me in. So same. Mm-hmm. People draw me in because I feel like, you know, it's part of their story or they have something to say. And I feel like also that's what readers really care about. They care about these people that they're invested in for seasons or a season or that's what I feel like they want. And the why of that, well, I feel like they will read any why as long as they have a connection or an interest in that person that has that why. Right. Yep. I agree. It's very cool. I actually never thought about that. So Below Deck for you started off as somewhat of an assignment, but turned into a passion. Yes, 100%. I was like, sure. I, I When it comes to my writing, especially when it comes to the genre that we do, because there's so much to do, I try to be really flexible other than there's some stuff where I'm like, no, I don't want to write about that because that's sort of my guilty side pleasure. You know what I mean? Right. Have a little bit of boundaries, but it did. And I just instantly became hooked on it because there's so much about it that is so good and It's constantly on. You're not having to wait for weeks or months or whatever for like a new season. So it gives me something that's continual and there's always content and it's always engaging. And I like with the cast change too, it gives you an opportunity. You're not looking at the same people. If you were stuck in a Vanderpump Rules loop for five years, you'd probably get sick of having to come up with new questions for the cast. And with this, I would think that you've got a greater pool to pull from. Yeah, 100%. I mean, first of all, with even just that it changes cast per season, but also because of the new spinoffs also have all different casts and those are changing all the time. So yeah, what I like about the Below Deck is they always have, as you guys know, a couple of people returning each season, Captain Mm -hmm. and then one or two other people. So you get a good mix of a familiar face or like someone you may or may not like along with some new people. And I think that that's good because it gives you a connection to some the history of the show with the returning cast members, but also gives you that freshness with new cast members. Right. I completely agree on that. I think it revitalizes it every season because we were talking a few weeks ago with a super fan about that there are some crew members who you kind of see their whole arc and you know all there is to know because- A lot of times they're in their early 20s and there's only so much you can tell up to that point because they haven't lived the rest of it yet. So there's some where it's nice to see the evolution if they're staying in the industry and see them progress. But for somebody who's just doing it for a short time, you kind of know everything already and you don't need to know more. Yeah. And I also think that there's just some casts that don't entertain as well, Mm -hmm. I guess the best word, you know? Yeah. So you always need a refresher because otherwise you're not going to be as engaged. And I think that the show knows that and knows switching it up, keeps people coming back and keeps people entertained. I definitely agree with all that. I think the other thing I would say about it too, is that the constant change in crew is very indicative of what really happens in the yachting industry. So that's kind of true to form for how the yachting industry operates. 
if that makes sense. Yeah. There's constant turnover. There's always new crew. And so if they had a format where they kept bringing back the exact same people all the time, that would not really be be on par with how we work. Yeah. So to me, it keeps a bit of authenticity in that for the real yachting industry, as far as continual turnover, because There's always new people coming in. There's always new people going out. I feel like it's the same thing in restaurants. I don't watch Vanderpump Rules, so I don't know their format. But if they manage to hold on to the same people year after year after year, that seems a little bit disingenuous to how the real restaurant industry works. works. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Agreed. 100%. I really should start watching more Bravo shows. <laughs> no, actually you shouldn't. Just save yourself right now. <laughs> yeah, you will get yourself into like a black hole that- You don't want to be me in 15 years. <laughs> I watched the cautionary so tale. <laughs> That's so funny. So of all of the seasons, since you had to binge to catch up and now you're all current, of all of the seasons, which one- had the most content for you to pull from oh man I would say it's kind of in a way a three-way tie below deck season seven mm-hmm. with Ashton Ashton yeah I mean mm-hmm. that just whole crew as we all know just had such an environment that there was just so much there right med season five with Kiko Hannah's mm-hmm. firings and all of that gave yeah. me definitely a ton and I would also say, ironically, Below Deck Sailing Yacht Season 2, because they had some very interesting guests. They had some guests that were on there for a long time. The crew was hilarious, crazy, and say, you know, like, had all this stuff going on that they really, which was surprising because, you know, it was such a complete turnaround from Season 1. So I would kind of put it in that order. Yeah. Actually, Below Deck 7 and Med 5 are probably pretty tied because those were some pretty turbulent seasons. So sailing yachts up there, but for different reasons. You know what I mean? For not as turbulent or I don't know if you want to say toxic or whatever, but it just, it was very content filled Mm -hmm. because the people were all very entertaining and engaging too. So, and it seemed to carry through that seemed to me like the biggest season that carried over to real time because of social media and because we were all at home, not all at home, but a lot of us were at home checking our feeds and whatever we kind of carried it over into the Instagram stories and we were still wanting and searching for more information about them and they were providing it. They were a very interactive crew, I thought. That's the most delicate way you could put that. They were providing. (laughs) I'm not sure that was intentional. (laughs) No, that was a Freudian slip. Sorry, JL. It was a nonstop cavalcade of what the fuck in my opinion. (laughs) Now you're going to make me have to censor this. (laughs) I also like that Daisy, Danny, and Allie did their IG series. Mm -hmm. PETA podcast. Uh They're pretty, I thought anyways, pretty, especially Daisy, open and honest and like kind of blunt about stuff that went down. Mm -hmm. I mean, not everything, obviously. So that also provided a lot of good content too with like behind the scenes stuff. So. Yeah, I've had a lot of fun watching them. They have a genuine camaraderie. 
it feels like. Sometimes you see it on the show and it seems a little forced and you know that they're not going to be talking to each other ever again (laughs) once they leave. But this seemed like a genuine friendship that has carried on well beyond when they were all filming together. Yeah, 100%. They definitely seem like a close little group there. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm jealous. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you didn't have many options there. You're still yeah. friends. <laughs> You're still friends with Ben and Dave though, so that's good. And Alex But of the two new series coming up, Australia and Adventure Series, have you gotten any behind the scenes scoop? Is there one that you're looking forward to more than the other? I haven't really gotten any behind the scenes scoop yet, other than they both filmed. I do mm-hmm. have heard that. Honestly, I am think I'm more excited for Blow Deck Adventure in the Cold Waters. I'm mm-hmm. interested to see what that, the way they keep teasing it and that the charter guests are different and what they're going to do is different. I'm excited to see that different element to it. And down under, I think there'll be some cast eventually, maybe not the first season, former below deck people that will show up on there. I think it'll be easier for some. I've wondered that. Yeah. I've wondered because we have had a lot of Aussies and Kiwis on there. Yeah. Well, I think Asia's back. Is she? Right. Yeah. I think that we found out through somebody taking pictures of them filming that Asia might be the only one that we've seen before that's back. I would be okay with that. Yeah, me too. I like her a lot. Yep. I think she's hilarious and no filter. So that's another reason I like her. (laughs) And we've been able to find out through Internet Sleuth that Colin, Daisy, and Gary are back for the next season of Sailing Yacht. Which I feel like is kind of a lot to bring back for one cast, but they're all very likable likable and they have all a quite interesting bond on and off camera i think so you know i like that I'm, I'm happy with all three of them coming back well we knew that danny and Allie, obviously because they just had babies would not be coming back so i mean there had to be some fluidity to it but yes i i think that's the most cast including glenn that has been returning for any particular well, season i think it was kind of lightning in a bottle especially after season one because that just I can't my daughter just finally is catching up and she watched season one and she was like you were right (laughs) like I know it was awful but season two you're gonna be happy all over again and fall back in love with a new version of Below Deck yeah they definitely I don't know what they did when they if how they managed with the cast with season two or anything but it was such lightning in a bottle and I agree so different I mean season one was just not it just you know let's be honest it wasn't that entertaining yeah the cast wasn't that amazing and this one really just took it to a whole new level which I think that it needed to make it more of a success because it wasn't that great for people before Mm -hmm. so I think bringing those three people back and obviously with Glenn is going to keep building that sailing yacht off. Yeah, I agree with that. And there's some new cast members that I'm super excited about too, that are not going to give anything away, but Brat. I'm super excited about some <laughs> of the Why do new... we have you if you're not going to squeal? <laughs> <laughs> I'm super excited though. I think it's going to be a good season. And I think that there's going to be a lot from what I know already. I think that there's going to be some really good stuff coming. So I'm excited about it. Yay. Well, especially since it seems like they get to film, you know, them like really going out to eat more and like getting back to like being able to do a little bit more stuff because they really sailing out queue was really stuck on that boat. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see them all be able to, especially because of the way we know, like Colin, Gary and Daisy 
to actually see them get outside and get off the yacht more and not just be interacting with the same people all the time. Right. Right. Accurate. Yep. I agree. Of all of the interviews that you've done, who is one that hands down, no matter what you're doing, you'll take that call if they've got something that they want to push? You know what? To be honest, I don't do a lot of interviews. Okay. I have only done a couple because I just haven't. It's actually something that is my sort of goal for next year is to get more interviews going. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm actually a really shy person. So welcome to my world. (laughs) (laughs) Like freak me out. So Mm -hmm. it's one thing I'm trying to very much overcome. I want to be able to do it in a way that's comfortable and the whole firing off questions and having someone answer questions just gives me such anxiety. So I actually, this is not just because I'm on your podcast either, but the interview I did with Adrian, when we were talking about you guys launching the podcast was one of the easiest, most relaxing, fun ones I had, because I felt like we were just having a conversation. Those are the best kind to have. And I'm like you, I'm very introverted. People generally don't believe it because I talk on here so much, but it's because I'm most of the time just talking to Adrian. And when we came up with the idea to do the super fan episodes, it was something that I really, really wanted to do. But at the same time, I was panicked about because I'm so awkward with people usually. And what happened because of COVID and the whole Zoom becoming a huge thing and a huge tool for people to use, I got to see people's faces and it calmed me down a lot more than just talking on the phone. Really? Yeah. It did. There's something about being able to, even though we turn the video off here, like we did with you, but being able to make that eye contact and see the person smile and energy and whatever, it centers me a little bit. So maybe you might want to start with Zoom. Well, and that's the thing. The one I did with Adrian was Zoom. And that was my first Zoom interview that I had also done too. Everything had been over the phone and kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. like I said, a little disconnected. Yeah, very disconnected. And so I also think, first of all, it's also, it's good to do interviews and stuff like that, obviously also, but I think professionally it would help me to just get used to it. You know, the more you do something and the more you can find your own way of doing it is just better. So, and there's a lot of people I want to interview. So yeah, if you heard my first podcast ever, I was almost panting because I was on the phone. It was pre-Zoom and I was on the phone. I was pacing around my own living room and I was panicked. (laughs) It was horrible. And it is something that once you do it more often, it becomes a lot easier to do. So I'm excited for you to venture out into that. I know that you'll be good at it because- Oh, thank you. I know with your writing and with your inquisitive mind, you're going to merge and you're going to make wonderful things that people are going to love to read. We'll read it. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll definitely in the show notes for this, we'll go ahead and put links to all your stuff so people can find you as well. Oh, yes. We might be able to read more of your your awesome stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we wrap up, we always try to end these if anybody has any questions. And since you're looking to get into interviewing, do you have any questions that you would like to ask? I actually have a question for you guys on the current season now for season nine, who do you find the most entertaining or interesting in this cast? That's a tough one. (laughs) 
That's a tough one because I feel like we're still getting to know some of these people and we really haven't seen them come out of their shells yet. I feel like everybody's still holding back a little bit. Some seasons like Below Deck, Med, the most recent season, some of the cast comes out of their shells right away and we see a lot of who they are right away or we have backstory on them so we know a little bit more about them to begin with. I feel like this is a slow burn season. It almost feels like there's not a lot of content that would give us background on most of these people, at least for me. Yeah, well, not for me. I go on gut up until last night's episode. My answer would have been Fraser, but he upset me a little bit going against Jessica. So I'm going to default to Wes <laughs> because he just seems very kind. He seems like he knows what he's doing. He's not super dramatic, but how he views what's going on on the boat is very Greek chorus to me. Like it's echoing my own thoughts of it. So I find him the most relatable and entertaining now, but it was Fraser because I do, I like a catty person. I just do. <laughs> I think that's the Bravo way though, right? It, well, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I've been watching Bravo since they played orchestra and James Lipton. So I wouldn't have been watching so long if I didn't like catty. So I do enjoy it. I think it's fun until they turn on somebody I like, and then I'm just a fair weather viewer at that point. I think it's interesting. I'm looking at it through a slightly different lens, I guess, than everybody else, because I'm thinking what I really want to work with this person. Right. Right. In Mm -hmm. in a practical yachting situation, would I want to throw this person overboard or would I be okay with their antics or their commentary? And I think that that, because I'm coming from such a different place than most everybody else, that maybe Maybe my interpretation is a little bit different, if that makes sense. And since we've been friends, actually, you've altered mine a lot because there were people who I found hysterically funny or entertaining. And then I find out who they really are off screen and it's kind of like, so I can understand that more, your perspective more where I used to just watch completely as a fan and not take any of that into consideration and just selfishly watched and enjoyed whoever made me laugh the most. I forgive you. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. I'm I'm giving you absolution. (laughs) Thank you. Forgive me, Adrian, for I have sinned. Um, (laughs) Do you have a favorite Rochelle? No, not yet. I'm I actually find the whole, all of them very intriguing. I would say Wes too, in a sense, because I feel like we just don't know that much about him yet. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of been just, okay, I'm here, but I think he's got something that's going to, I think he's going to bring something. Like, I feel like he's like a, I'm hoping know, for it. He's a yeah. sleeper. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what the word I was like, what is that one? Like, I feel like he's going to be like a sleeper hit or something and come out with something, but I don't know. I mean, I relatively, for the most part, I, I think this is a good cast and I like them all. And I have, very interesting thoughts on like I, I agree with what you were talking about with like Frazier I kind of didn't like the way he threw Jess under the bus like that mm-hmm. but I also kind of like the dynamic between Heather and Frazier it's like are they gonna get along are they gonna keep fighting yeah I understand that too and mostly as a viewer I get that and I find that entertaining like you do 
I think it was just kind of a whiplash moment for me because just last week when they were in the van and he was saying, I hope I don't find out she's 10 years younger and I've been taking orders from a kid this whole time, you know, <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're both conspiring against yeah, Jess. And I'm like, wait a minute, my, my head can't whip around that fast. I have a theory here. So <laughs> we saw Fraser, mm-hmm. uh, Fraser, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. We I have feel been like I'm corrected. Canadian all of a sudden. <laughs> We saw him on Watch What Happens Live say some fairly discerning things about Heather. Yeah. And my guess is that that was a tease. And by that, I mean, I think he was teasing the season to make it seem like maybe they didn't get along when actually they do because it gets people to tune in, right? If he, if he had made it sound like they got along famously and they're besties now, then people wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, we're going to have to keep watching this because production's teasing this, that there's going to be drama and there's got to be drama somewhere. Yeah. My guess is that they actually do get along unless something crazy dramatic happens that we don't know about yet. Mm-hmm. And that was a tease for the season to get people to continue to tune in to see when the drama happens. Interesting. And I was going to say, because I do feel like the past two episodes have been a little bit underwhelming. I don't want to say underwhelming completely, but I feel like in other seasons and on other franchises, they've balanced out the drama versus the necessary filler and the breather to catch your breath better than they have this season to me too many episodes in a row where there's not really anything going on cushions flying over the edge isn't yeah that's not like television entertaining yeah mm-hmm. so i'll be interested to see where it goes from here i'm not bailing regardless no i've just noticed that engagement on social media has slowed down now whether that's because of the holiday or because of the past couple episodes being not as dramatic. I don't know. We'll have to see when the drama picks up and when we're filled with turkey. But we both really appreciate you coming on, Rochelle. We've enjoyed your work. You need to check her out if you have not read her work. It's Monsters and Critics. And her name is Rochelle Lewis. And she does a bang up job. And do you want to give your contact information where people can find you? Yeah, so for Twitter, it's at Chatty Rochelle. And for Instagram, it's the same thing, at Chatty Rochelle. All right. Well, if you want to be a super fan like Rochelle, hit us up at gangplankreport at gmail.com or message us on Twitter or Instagram. And be sure if you could to rate and review us on Apple, that helps us out a lot. And if you're in the States, happy Thanksgiving. And we will see you all next week for the recap. Thanks everybody. Bye. Thanks guys. Thank you. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me hearties.